Welcome to the Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you'll be blessed by this message from Senior Pastor Marty Manuel. Today I want to share, um, I didn't know whether I might be going for five minutes today because I didn't have a whole lot of content just flowing and flowing. Um, but I'm sure I can stretch it out for 25 minutes because I know you'll be disappointed with five um, But anyway, I want to talk about um, the passion in the process. And um, I've titled it that because um, one of the verses that I don't know why I go back to this verse sometimes, but the book of James, James chapter 1, talks about keeping our joy through the trials. And um, for some reason, I'm drawn to that passage. And I think it's because it helps me and it helps us Keep our perspective, that it doesn't matter what's going on around us, what people are saying or what's not happening or what is happening, that somehow James chapter 1 is one of those pivotal passages in Scripture that keeps our perspective strong. It keeps us remembering that there's a lot of people doing a whole lot worse than us. Or it keeps us remembering that irrespective of how we might feel, we might feel that things aren't going the way we want them to go, But Jesus is at work. And if you're here this morning and you're not sure about some of life's situations going on around you right now, maybe some uncertainty coming up ahead, Jesus is sure to somehow bring about his purposes through that process. And I believe if we can keep our passion, even if just a little bit of it, keep a little bit of our passion through the process then we can actually enhance what God wants to do in that time. If we reject it and if we resist it, then it's a very painful, long, dry season that we walk through. And so let me pray just before we get started this morning. Lord, I pray this morning that you would speak to us. Lord, I pray that you would help me share exactly what you want shared this morning. And we ask for your heart, Lord, to be released in this house. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for everything that you're doing. We thank you that even in the hard times, even in the process, the walking out of certain things, Lord, you're at work. And so we ask this morning that you would release your victory, release your purpose, release your passion in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start in Ephesians chapter 3, so why don't you turn to Ephesians chapter 3. But I want to quickly give you three Ps that um, I believe are going to be helpful in keeping your passion in the process. And if you're um, here this morning and you have a heartbeat and you're human, you will know that there is a process that we walk out in our humanity It's not all floating on clouds. It doesn't matter um, how good the situation might be. There is a process that we walk out to mature, to strengthen, to learn more, to experience more, to be entrusted with more. And so this process is the process that God often has his finger on our lives where he's saying, come on, let's go for more. Let's go for more. Let's believe for more. Let's see more. And if you're like me, and I've shared this many times, that the greater the prophetic word that you might have received, 
it's possible that the greater the season of walking that out in maturity is going to take place. And, uh, and I don't mean that as a um, waiver on every prophetic word you get from now. But what it will do, it will put some strength reinforced behind that prophetic word. Because it's all good to give prophetic words. And we give prophetic words and we love the prophetic. The prophetic is the heart of God overflowing for the future. And we want to hear his heart for the future. But most of us will know that it doesn't just sovereignly land in our lap with a $100,000 check and say, your ministry is now released to you. Or that house that you claimed in that faith night is now yours. It might happen, and we pray it happens. But for 99.999% of us, there's a process of walking in faith, believing God, believing His Word, trusting in Him, growing in maturity, not walking in rejection, not walking in independence, but actually walking in strength with one another and actually gaining victories. See, it's not one big victory, is it? It's thousands and thousands of little ones. If you look throughout our life, it's thousands of moments where we could either operate in rejection or we can operate in maturity. And they're two, they're two totally different things, but we'll have thousands of opportunities just to walk out that alone. We'll have another thousands of opportunities to walk out faith versus fear. Believing God rather than stepping back and listening to doubts and fears and insecurity. And so throughout our life, there's so many little opportunities to stand in victory. But they might be very small or they might be big. Whatever they are, they're victories in the Lord. Ephesians chapter 3, um, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. This this is a powerful passage. It's one that I've been dwelling on a whole lot lately. But it's also one that I think that he wants us, uh, uh, people who, are, who love the Holy Spirit, who love the Lord, and who are passionate about many things, to remember to allow Him to consume your inner man. Allow Him to consume those inner parts of our lives that no one sees, our thoughts that no one understands, and we don't even understand sometimes these things, but to allow Him by His strength to overtake us. And I, I love this passage because it summarizes for me our life's journey. From verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. He has everything, every single thing that you and I need, he has at his hand, ready to give us. It's often a release of faith or believing or trusting that actually receives that. So that you may be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. This really summarizes our heart's desire, isn't it? To be filled up with the fullness of God. To be filled up with His thoughts, His understanding, His reactions to situations. Often we can tell how we're walking with Jesus by our reactions to other people. 
It's, it's a really good thermometer to just check out. Okay, how do I react in that situation when it didn't go the way I want it to go? Or that, that conversation or whatever it might be. It's a really good gauge to, to get a gauge on our maturity with the Lord, our understanding of the kingdom, our understanding of how, who Jesus is. But my three Ps in helping us through this, keeping our passion in the process. The first one is perspective. The second one is the process. And the third one is passion. And the first one being perspective, I think that this is, and I know for us, this has been a, a real strength key. Sometimes you can feel like you're on an island with everyone against you and everything's going wrong for you and everything seems to be going right for everyone else. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to think. It's one of his kingpin plays, if you like, is making you feel isolated. Like you're the only one going through this situation right now. I'm telling you, there's a couple of hundred people in the room who have gone through or going through exactly the same thing. You are not alone. Even, even in the worst feelings of depression, people can feel like it, it, the world is crum, crumbling in on them and there's nothing that can get them out of that. And it's a lie from the enemy because it's not reality. Reality is that Jesus wants to give us his, the riches of his glory. He wants to give us all his strength. That's what this is saying. But it depends on our inner man whether we can receive it or not. Because often even we reject him. We reject him. Maybe we reject him in just tiredness, weariness, or busyness, or whatever else it might be. But these are all mechanisms of not placing him as a priority. They're just all mechanisms of distractions and, and whatever it is. But if Jesus is our priority, we will be strengthened so much that we can resist those times when other things could get to us. It's funny because all the heaters sort of point out that way, but all the heat comes up here. So it's really quite, quite hot up here. But So if you're cold, you can sort of come up here afterwards. But um, yeah, I know you're, you're envious now. You wish it was heading out there. Keeping perspective is a key play to keeping our passion through the process. Because there'll be times when keeping perspective means what we can do is just shut ourselves out for a minute and say, okay, look what's going right in my life. Look what God has done in my life. Look what he's doing all around the world. Look what God has accomplished through me. And even though small, he has still done good things. He has still used me. I've heard him. I've learned this. I've un I can understand this. Hey, if all else fails, I'm going to heaven. It's the greatest victory of all. And as long as we believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven. If you're here this morning and you've never really understood that or accomplished that or, or realized that, then today could be the greatest day of your life. Because Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what else we do here on earth. That's the one thing he came, to seek and save the lost. Those of us who are lost, which is all humanity without a savior. But in, in that journey, in that process, he wants us to have strength. And that's what I believe Paul's saying here. He wants us to have strength in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Isn't it interesting that it says Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith? We need to keep our faith on. We need to keep walking in faith, journeying in faith, because that's where Christ dwells. He dwells through faith. And so if we're in our lives, maybe now 
We're journeying out some things and we're not relying on faith. I want to challenge you this morning to recognize that when we're walking in faith, we're walking in Christ. When we're walking, when we're believing him for things, then we're stretching ourselves to, to put our equity on Jesus, put our reliance on him. If we're trying to make it all happen in our own selves, in our flesh, we're relying on ourselves and we negate the need for a savior. We reduce him down to just someone we go to when everything else collapses. And he's faithful and he's loving and he picks us up and he helps us. But if we want to mature in the journey of Christianity, if we want him to entrust us with more, then we be faithful with what he's given us now. So gaining perspective helps us realize, wow, there's a whole lot going wrong, but look at what's happening that is going on that's right. Look at what he is doing. I love people that look at things glass half full. And I used to have to do this in business sometimes, gathering the guys around and, you know, our machines ran 24-7 and maybe there would be a breakdown on one of the machines, you know, at 4 a.m. or something and the pipes would stop producing and so I'd come in at the office say at seven or eight or whatever and the guys would say oh we you know this and and then I'd hear six or seven things that aren't going around now we're not going to hit this deadline now we're not going to do that and now we're not going to do this and I'd stand there and you know this this is something that God will test you in in your leadership wherever you are in life whether it's just family whether it's in business in your job in your career in your own life The test of your leadership will be, can you see the victory beyond the problem? And I know for me, this is, it's been years and years and years of stretching this because as, as the leader of a business, if I'm, if I'm losing heart, then everyone loses heart. And so I know there will be times I have to stand there and go, mm, okay, I hear all the facts. I hear all the facts, but we're going to hit the deadline. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to do this, this, and this, and we're going to get perspective. The world's not caving in. And we're going to keep things lined up. And so there's a time where we have to really strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Dig into the equity that you've put into your heart with him in the quiet times, in the word of God. Sowing, sowing, sowing. And that's what this passage is talking about. So they'll be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner man, inner woman. And uh, so that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth, the length, the height, and every other dimension of God. He wants us to be rooted and grounded deeply, and I talked about that last week, deeply in his word, so that we are strong and victorious within. And when we're strong and victorious within, when you need it, it will come out. At that time of pressure, at that time when something's not happening right, at that time when everyone may be thrown into panic, the whole family or the whole situation may be thrown into panic, you're going to have what it takes. You're going to have the strength and the maturity to speak out life, to speak out, no, that's not going to happen on my watch because I know I've got roots deep down into the soil of the kingdom. I've got what it takes right now. I've got what it takes to see the victory in this situation. And even if you've got many people around you, and I know that you know, we've had to do this at certain times, many people around saying, ah, oh, no, this is happening, this is happening, and you can feel a little bit of panic and, and fear in the atmosphere. That's the moments when your equity with Jesus counts most. When you're the one who stands up, you're the, maybe the, the lonely voice saying, no, that's not okay. That's not going to happen here. I'm going to speak truth into the atmosphere. I'm, I know what's in me. I know who's in me. And this is what's going to happen. And you might even have to do it over yourself sometimes. I do. And uh, <laughs> when no one else is around, you just, you know, that's why Ryan and me run 
because we get to talk to ourselves a lot. And no one else can hear, although I've seen Ryan sometimes running and you can tell he's working through things. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but I do, I do. And so you find whatever works for you. But often we, to gain victory through the process and keep our passion, we're going to have to talk to ourselves. We're going to have to tell ourselves truth, not what we're feeling. We're going to have to tell ourselves the life of Jesus Christ lives in me. He operates in me. He controls me. He's within me. My roots are going deeper and deeper within Him. And Christ lives within me. He came to save me. He came to heal me. He came to deliver me. He came to give me strength and power and authority. If you're not feeling like that this morning, then I want to challenge you. Start running 10Ks and tell yourself that. Start with one. Half. Whatever it takes. That's right, that's right. <laughs> City to Bay's in a few weeks, I think, isn't it? You know? I want to read you something, and, and this is a book that Karen reads a lot, and I flick to it from time to time when I want a, a deep challenge, okay? So take a deep breath, everyone. All right, awesome. Okay, August 14 in, in the book, My Utmost for His Highest, Oswald Chambers, I know a lot of you will know it. Um, and he gets all the glory, but his wife actually put it together and wrote it, didn't she? So anyway, um, this August 14, which is today, it is today, isn't it? Yeah. Um, his passages from Hebrews 12.5 says, it's in Old English, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. Ooh, that word, chastening, chastening. We don't hear that word very often, do we? Nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Two things that we rarely hear in the modern church, church, the chastening of the Lord and the rebuking of the Lord. And I'm not going to do that this morning because I think he's already doing that. And he already does that in my life all the time. I don't, I may sound funny, but he does it all the time. We might not recognize it. We might reject it. We might think that, no, that's not my hev- loving heavenly father, but he does it to me regularly. And, and this is what Oswald Chambers actually says, which I think is just a fantastic help in the process. And he says, it's very easy to quench the spirit. We do it by despising the chastening of the Lord, by fainting when we are rebuked by him. If we have only a shallow experience of sanctification, we mistake the shadow for the reality. And when the spirit of God begins to check, we say, oh, that must be the devil. Never quench the spirit and do not despise him when he says to you, don't be blind on this point anymore. You are not where you thought you were. Up to the present, I have not been able to reveal it to you, but I will reveal it now. When the Lord chastens you like that, let him have his way. Let him relate to you rightly to God. We get into sulks with God and say, oh, well, I can't help it. I did pray and all things didn't turn out right. And I'm going to give it all up. Think, that would, think what would happen if we all talk like this in every other domain of life. Am I prepared to let God grip me by his power and do a work in me that is worthy of himself? Sanctification is not my idea of what I want God to do for me. Sanctification is God's idea of what he wants to do for me. And he has to get me in the attitude of mind and spirit where at any cost I will let him sanctify me wholly. It's deep stuff, isn't it? But that's when our roots go deeper. When we recognize that the sanctifying hand of the Lord is the loving hand of the Lord. The rebuking of the Lord is him loving us, guiding us, 
channeling us as a, as a community and as a people group and as our own hearts through the process of immaturity into maturity. Paul says, you know, that I, I wish you would get onto the deeper things as Christians, uh, the deeper things. You get beyond repentance and you get beyond the basics of the faith. And, and I feel like so often when I read that, I think, wow, I've got to just go deeper and deeper with him so that those basic things are just things that I'm living out, walking out automatically. They're who I am. But so often at the moment of sanctification, we run. The moment of rebuke, we run away because we're not comfortable with that. Society doesn't even allow it barely anymore, any, the process of sanctification. It's drive through or it's nothing. And Christianity doesn't work like that. Maturity in Jesus doesn't work like that. It's the opposite to the kingdom of the world because it's the kingdom of our God. And so when we learn his voice and we learn the ways he operates, we recognize that there's power in the process. Whatever process you're going through today, there's power in it. We can either plug in or we can run away. If we run away, we default back to our old ways and we'll have to go through the process all over again. And God forbid that I don't want to go through processes double or triple or quadruple. I mean, it's horrible. Please, Jesus, stop me from that. I give you permission. It's terrible, isn't it? Why waste five more years going through the same process that you went through five years ago? When we gain victory through the process and we allow the sanctifying hand of Jesus Christ to come into our inner man and go deeper and actually say, enough is enough. It's time to get real with him. It's time to allow him to sanctify me. Sanctification is one of those things that we can't get our heads around because he has sanctified us on the cross. But there's a process of sanctification that he wants to go deep within, spirit, soul, and body, so that we look like him, we sound like him. But he gives us free will. Do you want it? Do you want it? If you want it, and I say I do want it some days, and some days I'll have a day off, Jesus. If you're like me, maybe you're taking a month off, because the sanctification process is, you know, it can be full on. But it's his loving heart that wants to bring you and me into victory. Not stay in our orphanness, not stay in our rejection, not stay in our unhealed state, but bring forth the life of Jesus Christ in who we are. And so that we can actually live the life of a strengthened, victorious believer. The process, the process, the process. If you're in the process, which we pretty much all are, but maybe the process is getting tough for you right now where you're at. I want to tell you, keep your passion in the process. Just keep a little bit of that passion. And whatever it is, you know, I can remember um, that um, I've used various tools, if you like, to keep my passion over the years. Um, I remember in my early 20s reading every single revival book I could possibly get. And Karen and I, when we first got married, we, we read, you know, maybe, I don't know, 100 books uh, that we could, and we would just feed them back from one to another. And, oh, this guy does that. And, we'll keep, and we would just keep our passion. And, and nowadays, you know, you, you, you find that you get really mature and you tone down. And, um, but somehow in that, Somehow in that, keeping the passion, keeping the fire burning is a really, really, really important part. And um, it's interesting because um, Balin and me were up um, at our farm yesterday and we were just um, burning off a whole heap of rubbish and, and wood and scraps and things like that. And I, um, it was interesting because it's really hard work keeping the fire burning. I've got blisters on my hands. Balin's got 
cuts and slashes all over it. He loved it because he loves cuts and slashes, right? It feels, feels tough. But it's, it's hard slog keeping the fire burning. It's hard slog sometimes keeping the passion burning. But we work, we work all five days a week to keep the money coming in. And it's that, it's that same thing. We let ourselves an out with Jesus so often when we shouldn't. We give ourselves the lethargy card or the tired card or the weary card. And I'm not saying if you're just knackered, go and have a sleep. But when you wake up, spend time with him. It's, you know, it's not like when we're seeing patterns in our lives, it's like strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Strengthen ourselves in who he is. And then we will rise up in victory. When we strengthen ourselves in ourselves, we're not going to. And I know it sounds simple, but Ephesians, um, no, I'm not going to go to another passage because then I'll get completely off track, okay? But Ephesians 3, what we just read, actually summarizes everything I'm trying to say. But keeping our passion is a key. There's various times in our lives that we've had maybe times of refreshing or times when the Lord spoke clearly. And sometimes we need memorials to those things. Not so that we can worship that time, but we can be reminded about how good God is and that he'll get us out of this situation. And that no matter what we're walking through now, he's going to get you out of the situation. And if we yield to him and allow the process of sanctification, allow his holiness to strengthen us rather than feel like, oh, no, I'm going to run from this. There is so much power when we yield to him. There is so much power when we yield to him because a yielded person can be fully utilized. A yielded person can be fully utilized by him. He says, finally, I've got you. Finally, I've got you. I've got you. Now I can pour in my spirit. I can pour in my power. I can pour in what I've been dying literally to pour in to to your life because you're empty of yourself and you're ready and hungry for me. And that's how we strengthen ourselves. And then we say, okay, Lord, do whatever you have to do. And I've said this before. My line is, Lord, do whatever you have to do and get it over quickly. Rip the Band-Aid off real quick. If it's unforgiveness, I'm doing it. If it's bitterness, I'm doing it. If it's judgments, criticism, jealousy, lies, whatever it is, deal with it quickly. Otherwise, the process keeps on going. It keeps on going. You can see people, and it's not because we judge people, but you can see people if they're unwilling to deal with rejection, if they're unwilling to deal with unforgiveness, if they're unwilling to deal with unhealthy patterns and habits and thinking in their lives, they may do that for the rest of their lives. But if they allow the yielding hand of the, if they allow the yielding of their heart for the sanctifying, loving hand of Jesus to come in and bring that strength, then life can be birthed. And even Christians who have been saved for 20 or 30 years, I believe, can still have this experience where they've walked the same process for 20 or 30 years, maybe not walking in victory. But it only takes a moment of yielding fully to Him. Yielding fully to him, allowing him to sanctify, allowing him to bring life, that all of a sudden you'll become born again again. And some people become born again again again. There's nothing wrong with that, I don't think. You're still born again, but then there's an again and again after that. And these, this is a season when we, and I think John Wesley talked about this, you know, he really struggled with his own salvation. And a great leader of the, the whole, you know, we know it as, Uniting Church in Australia, but Methodists, but um, great man of God, 
great student of the Word of God, spoke languages, spoke Latin and Greek and all this sort of stuff, and he knew the Word of God back to front and really amazing scholar, but he, he really wrestled with his salvation even after doing all of that because he believed in a moment of enlightenment, so to speak. He, an illumination of the soul. He, he believed in an awakening where the born again experience and, and he began to come, come into that. And then he called that his salvation. We would have called him born again years before he did. The reason is, is because he waited for the witness of the Spirit of God to be evident in his heart and evident in his life. And I think that sometimes we settle for too less in our born again life. We settle for too less. As long as we've said a prayer, as long as we do a certain few things, then that's okay. I want to encourage you today that it's never too late to have an enlightened heart to the gospel. It's never too late. And what I mean by that is an awakened spirit. There are many Christians who carry a sleeping spirit. They were born again many years ago, but they're asleep. They're absolutely asleep. And it has no effectiveness for the kingdom. They're going to heaven. Amazing. It's fantastic. And it's the greatest message for all of us as individuals. But we're called to be strong in the Lord and victorious and in his mighty power. And therefore, we're going to live victorious lives. We're going to be able to share the gospel. We're going to be able to bear fruit of the kingdom that's going to have a kingdom impact here on earth. And so I'm going to leave it at that this morning. Because I want to give us a moment, even as you're sitting there, just close your eyes. There may be some of us here who are totally born again 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it is. But you've recognized that there's, there's been a season of slumbering. There's been a season of just letting life overtake you. And maybe it's not even your fault. Things happen. We, we know that. Things happen. And, and, you know, sometimes it's completely out of your hands, your control. Well, I want to ask the, the Lord today to release fresh eyes to see and, and to see the victory at the end of the process and to see victory in the process. I'm not really even going to ask for a response on this in particular, but just to give us a minute, just to dwell on the fruit of our lives, to do, dwell on our inner man with him, dwell on our awakened position with him, dwell on our slumbering with him, whatever it might be. Jesus, we ask this morning that you would shine your searchlight upon our hearts, upon my heart. Lord, that if there's any area where we haven't allowed you to take us through the process, Lord, we yield to you today and we say, Lord, bring a sanctifying work from the loving hand of the Father of all nations. And Lord, we ask that you would come today. You would strengthen us. You would speak to us. Any areas of our lives where we haven't allowed you reign, Lord, we yield to you today. And we say, come, Lord Jesus. We say, come, Lord Jesus, have your way with us. Have your way with us. Have your way with us. We yield to you today as your people. And Lord, we ask for a strengthening spirit. A strengthening spirit, Lord, that will give us passion through the process, that will give us wisdom through the chastening. Lord, that we'll, we won't run from rebuke, but we'll run to it and we'll see your loving hand guiding us and carrying us through. Holy Spirit, 
We thank you for your strengthening power. We thank you for your work. Thank you for your presence here right now. I just want everyone to stand. Keep your eyes closed. And if you just recognize that, that that's been for you today, that's been for you, and that you want a fresh strengthening, and there's seasons where he just comes and blows over us and, and gives us fresh strength and fresh life, and, and he gives us help in the process, then do whatever you do to respond. If you lift your hands or whatever you do, then you do that right now. And I just want to pray over us for a fresh relief. I just want Seth to come and play on the guitar as we do that. Stand in faith this morning. Just stand in faith right now. Right now is your moment, my moment with him, our moment with him, to allow him, allow him, allow him full sway, allow him full access. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing among us. Lord, I thank you for every person that you've brought here today. Lord, I thank you for their life, what they're called to. I thank you for the blessing they are to so many people. And Lord, I just speak and release, Lord, your strength over each one of us. Lord, some of us, the process gets hard. Some of us, the process, we get scarred and disappointed. Lord, we ask even today, you would wash away, wash away any disappointments. Wash away fear. Wash away disappointments. I feel that for some of us here this morning. There's been major disappointments, major disappointments or even ongoing disappointments. I want to just encourage you today. He's been with you every step of the way. He's been with you every step of the way. And it will turn around. It will turn around. He is always victorious in every situation. He is always enough. And He wants to give you His strength today. So, Lord, we just receive from you right now. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fill this house with your presence. I ask for every person that's hungry for a fresh touch, Lord, that you would release, release right now in Jesus' name. Right now, right now, right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you want to strengthen us, Lord, that you want to challenge us, that you want to lift us up to new places with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.